If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show. Low network connection. Technical difficulties here. Anyway, we are... I'm going to try to do this, I suppose. Sorry, this literally um, is a massive distraction here as we... Huh. So I want to I want to share. Um, I was talking with my wife last night that we were. Um, she actually said to me, "You know, you should talk. You should talk about your program. You should talk about your program from the position of of just being a small business owner because that is." an important part of, of what we are and it's something that I think most many of you and I don't know obviously we have people who come from all walks of life and all sorts of backgrounds some of you are business owners some of you are uh, executives at you know mid-size or small mid even larger companies some of you um, I mean I know people work in all different fields and all different aspects of of the economy, different positions, different uh, different skill sets. Some of you can do things uh, working, say, with your hands or uh, working on vehicles, um, th- just, just different things. I know that there's a whole bunch of different skill sets here in this listening audience, as it is, candidly, just a, a snapshot, a cross-section of the United States of America. I... Uh, I'm a I'm a small business owner, and I just I thought the first segment I would briefly just come on here and talk about the challenges, I suppose the challenges of uh, this economy right now, because with COVID nineteen with coronavirus we have shut down the ability of our businesses to really effectively work. We've shut down the ability for our 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 economies essentially effectively closed. There's nothing there's very little or greatly diminished amount of economic activity because because of the reaction to COVID-19. Now, you can have one or one of two or maybe even three opinions. One is is that this is the right course of action. This is a necessary step. This, you know, the government has a role in protecting the health and well-being of the citizens of this great nation and so they uh, they have the ability or the I guess you could say uh, say well, you could say requirement to do whatever it takes to protect the health and safety of its citizens, right? And so whatever the cost, that's something that is secondary. The government, uh, its first job is protecting the lives of citizens. You may, 
as more and more people are beginning to grumble about this, as more and more people are beginning to grumble about the consequences of, of, of the way that we've interacted here with our with our government, it looks like we're coming back uh, online. I don't know. Pausing here. We had ten, literally five seconds before I started talking. I had issues with the internet connection here, looking as though everything was, was quite uh, literally down. I think we're back. I think we're back. I don't know. It's, it's impossible to tell exactly with what happened. But just talking about my perspective as a small business owner, because look, we – this – this uh, the Todd Huff show is not we we own this right so it's uh, it's something that we started it's something that uh, we have taken to stations at least initially taken here locally to Indianapolis on Freedom ninety five but we also have taken um, you know we we have the station uh, KYAH five forty AM in Utah has reached out to us so we've been. We've been with this from an incubation pay, uh, position stage. We've didn't just start um, as you know, being on the payroll for a station. Starting off as uh, you know the station paying us to do a program. We we actually have developed our own content, maintain uh, our own brand, determine what we what we talk about, all these things, and we've taken that uh, to stations, and we're going to continue to do that. As the program grows, but this is, you know, this started as a podcast in the bedroom closet. For those of you who, have, who haven't heard me say that before, quite literally, I started with a MacBook Air and a digital microphone, which normally is back here. Oh, it's it's down on the on the bookshelf for those of you watching on the Facebook cam. But a digital microphone, and I started in my uh, it's actually my wife's closet in our bedroom, and they you know. Or initially, that's a way to help with the sound, dampen some of the background noise or echo or whatever. So that's where we started. And so to go from that to where we are today, I mean, there's – look, I'm not trying to say we've uh, you know, done something great. That's not my point. But just that process of growth and just uh, – it's it's a vulnerable stage for businesses, right? And so getting into where we are now, when we really started hitting our stride, we brought on John, who is the uh, director, sales director here for our show. He's taking on mo- more of those responsibilities. As I've said on this program before, I've I've done virtually all of that up until up until uh, recently. And so anyway, this is this is where for a small business, and of course we're all at different stages. Some people have a small business that's established, some people have a small business in startup phase, some have a startup business in growth phase, aggressive growth phase, and so suddenly the economy shut down effectively because of orders by our state governors and of course guidelines given by the White House, the Trump administration. And so we have this, you know, the the reaction. Again, some people think it's exactly what needs to happen. It's the job of the government to protect the citizens. I wouldn't say that there's certainly 
an argument to be made there. But there, you have to look at, and what, what I've been saying from the beginning, the, the cost, the trade-off for small business, for those of you who don't even own small businesses, and you you work not that there's anything wrong with not owning a business. I'm saying I'm, it, it affects owners, but also obviously the employees of small businesses. And so they've got this situation where they've they've come up with this uh, this plan, and they have um, they have created this payroll protection program that had 349 billion dollars. Yesterday, I noticed, first of all, businesses, most most every business, I, I was talking with a financial uh, consultant, I guess, yesterday, and he said most, I think he said virtually every business he knows has applied for this, applied for this loan. And so, and so if that's the case, um, you can see how quickly the money would be sucked in or you know spoken for or given out or processed or what have you to where i saw yesterday the banks are basically acknowledging hey we don't have any money left to give out effectively that's in fact uh, i bank at pnc <clears throat> and i posted i posted a notice i saw on their website yesterday which said you know if you you're going to these applications are being processed effectively in the order that they've been received if that's the case if that's the case then um you know if you haven't applied by today this was this was yesterday April 15th you're not going to more than likely you're not going to see any money in fact the rest of you who have applied are not guaranteed to see any money so the money is gone at least the applications that are in now are going to put to use or uh, exhaust all the money, I guess you could say. And so now we're at this point. Again, now there's questions about this. I'm not endorsing per se the the, the program. What we've what we've done here, uh, two trillion dollars, two point whatever it was, two point two trillion dollars. But at the same time, I also understand that we have a situation that we've never effectively seen before um, where the economic impact is a direct result of government action. And so you know, the government will tell you that the you know you factor in the cost of unemployment versus the cost of this program and you know they, they can make some financial arguments for it. But the the basic reason they did this was to say look we have an inc- i mean the economy shut down we have to find a way to limp through this or we're going to have even greater problems words like of course recession and even worse like depression and so now you've got a place where businesses are not able to function at their best in most industries there's always an exception to this right and and, and there, there are certain businesses that are even hiring. In fact, I saw was it Domino's Pizza, I think, looking for drivers and so forth. I'm sure lots of people have already jumped at that. But you have certain industries that are seeing more um, volume than they can even deal with, like the grocery stores, for example, and the hospitals. Then you have others 
who effectively can't even call on a customer or a client. Um, no, you know, businesses are in many instances on hold, frozen until they begin to see what happens here. And so now you've got a situation where businesses are really at least hampered, probably extremely uh, hampered, and, and quite possibly, for all intents and purposes, shut down. Certain certain restaurants, I mean, I talked to a restaurant manager a week or so ago, and he was telling me that they were about half down, which is dramatic, right? But at the same time, it's good considering where we are. But you're you're 50% down roughly. I think some are you know, some have closed their doors. We have one locally here that's closed its doors after after 40 years, never to reopen again because they can't survive this. And you'll begin to see more and more of this. So forced to at least be extremely hampered by the actions of the government. I can say this. I mean, I'm not even saying whether or not I think that's justifiable for the government to take these steps. I'm saying simply that because of the actions taken and the steps taken, you can't really function as a business. And now these funds that are designed to help get through this process are probably – they've all been at least spoken for by the applications that have been placed in the hands of the SBA through the banks – and on top of that, you've got Congress wanting to release, the Republicans anyway, another $250 billion to this program to keep it going. Democrats are, are holding. Democrats are instead are, are wanting to um, tack other things onto this, use the funds for different things, even make it more expensive. In fact, yesterday I saw in the House they introduced a – a guaranteed monthly income for all Americans over the age of 16. This is, again, in the House. It's have to see what happens there. And then, of course, what would the Senate and what would President Trump do? But $2,000 a month per American citizen until we're out of this. These are things that are actually being being discussed here. So when Trump applies pressure, when Trump applies pressure for this to Uh, open up and for the economy to be able to find a way to function. A lot of people just want to misrepresent that as Trump being haphazard and dangerous and irresponsible. But the truth is he's thinking about the realities of the things that I just laid out there. If if, If employers can't bring revenue in, if there's no longer access to cash through these programs, again, whatever you think of the program for a moment, just put that to the side. I'm just just saying this is the lay of the land. So you can't bring in revenue. You can't get access to uh, to, to loans or, or something to, to keep the, the payroll and the doors open. Then you begin to start having to make other decisions. <clears throat> Do I have to lay off staff? Do I have to shut the doors? Can I temporarily deal with this? Can we, can we hunker down and, and deal with this for a few more weeks or months? Or do I? Is it time for me to to make some drastic decisions? These are the things that are happening, and you can see suddenly you have a percentage of businesses that has to t- have to take the dramatic form of action. You know, not being able to pay back loans or pay for rent or pay employees. People become unemployed. The unemployment numbers go up. There's less jobs for them to have. 
Now you've got unemployment uh, claims going up. Again, there's no place for them to, to work. And then, you know, businesses that were, say, working with that business that went out of business, they lose a client, that puts more pressure on them. And this is the chain reaction. This is such an intertwined economy. And I wanted to share this off the top. So I just wanted to share the, the, the realities without even getting into the specifics as to what's the best way out of this. I just want to paint the picture as from the perspective of a small business owner what we're dealing with. So anyway, just wanted to share that off the top. We'll get into other things here. Well, I got to check what's going on. I don't know that we're even something something we had a tech problem and and, and something is is down completely here so i'll have to look at this and uh here over the break so you're listening to the home of conservative not better talk i'm your host todd huff back in just a minute All right, welcome back. So we're trying to get a grasp grasp of what's happening here with the program. Again, literally seconds before I started talking, every program I have up here on my computer said that there was no no internet connection. That's effectively what we're dealing with here, no internet connection. And so now... Now I'm not sure what's going on, where this, uh, what's happened. But anyway, so I'm going to try to get my head back in the game here as we're trying to navigate this on the fly. Oz is helping me um, try to figure out what's going on here. So I think we're still going out on Facebook. I think we're still going out on Spreaker, although Spreaker was having a problem there for a moment. And I'm not sure now where we are on on the station, so my apologies um, if you're not catching, if, if it's been intermittent or whatever's happened here this morning. I've never had this particular issue happen, especially right as we go live. So I talked last segment about the challenges of of being a business owner. Not not during this time. Not to not to whine and complain. That's not the point. But just to try to paint the picture of what is going on and why why these decisions matter, why the money running out in the payroll protection program matters and why why it matters that uh, some of the things that the Democrats in the House are doing. And so, look, I mean, this is uh, – I am not a fan of the government spending – bazillions of dollars and we got to come up with new terms because I, I was reading an article the other day actually yesterday that was talking about how this stuff has lost its meaning with people money and 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 the, again I, I think people don't really grasp at large you probably do but the difference between million billion trillion heck we're getting we're getting close to the point where we may start soon having to say words like quadrillion. I only half joking. I'm only half joking when I say that. But million, billion, trillion, quadrillion, they all they all rhyme. I've been on the record as saying I think we should have a program. 
uh, where where we systematically change the the naming, the nomenclature of of money because those things sound too too similar to really make the the point as to how much larger of a sum of money we're talking about from billions to trillions and so forth. These are massive sums of money. And the other thing is people are, I think, being wooed into this hypnotic state that the government is the source of our wealth. And as we talked about maybe yesterday, earlier this week, the government's not the source of our wealth. The government is the source is the result of great wealth in the private sector of great uh, prosperity and productivity which we have indeed been blessed with in this nation we've instituted principles that are um that are you know foundationally true principles things that i think reflect the way that we're intended to live on this side of heaven not that we've gotten it perfect but the ideas of freedom, the idea of liberty and, and our personal rights, not, not from a perspective of you – know, some people I think misconstrue even rights. Um, even in the Christian community, a lot of times people talk about this as though you know, talking about my rights is selfish, which, which I understand to the point. We don't want to just focus on, on ourselves, but this, these are rights that – the reason they matter to me is because they matter to humanity, to the rest of – well, to the rest of America and to the rest of the world, people that don't even have a semblance of what we have here, people who don't have freedoms, people who are considered subjects and not citizens. And so the government didn't create what, what we have. The government, our founders, our founders actually created a system whereby people could be really what they were created to be at least they they weren't the reason people couldn't achieve you know their their dreams the government didn't want to be a reason to stand in the way of someone and their desired you know path or course of action or whatever the case you know whether you're uh, in some societies you don't have the freedom and the opportunity to to move in the direction that you feel compelled to go, a lot of uh, a lot of folks just haven't had that. In fact, the vast majority of people haven't had that through history. But our government understood, our founders understood that <clears throat> people are citizens and not subjects, and that they are created by their God with unalienable rights, and they are they are people with free choice, and that should be respected. And people should be able to live and worship <clears throat> as they choose or not to worship as they choose, to be able to say things, share ideas, have certain beliefs that they want to have, and and debate those in the public square or choose not to debate them, but not to have the government come through and micromanage our lives by taking away every risk or every every chance for something bad to happen because every time it does that, it takes away a chance for an opportunity to be fulfilled as well. And so our, our government's been built upon that foundation. Now, we've strayed from that even before all this. I'm not even getting to coronavirus yet, but we've strayed from that dramatically over the course of time. And they've spent 
billions upon billions upon trillions of, of our dollars on things that candidly they have no business doing. Again, not even talking yet about coronavirus, COVID-19. But this is the, the track. This is the trajectory of our of our government. And so when we come to a situation like we have with COVID-19, uh, the government has a legitimate role in trying to keep people from getting sick, from keeping this uh, keeping this from spreading, uh, but they don't have a license to do whatever they want, whenever they want, and we see people beginning to push back about that. And that's what I want to get to next segment. We see people in Michigan yesterday uh, driving around the state house, honking their horns. This, by the way, is what peaceful uh, protest looks like. Um, honking their horns and uh, challenging the government's, the governor's extreme positions on some things there, increasing this lockdown to where it's beginning to look not like a responsible government trying to respect the freedom of of its citizens and protect its health. Instead, it's looking like a government that thinks it can do whatever it wants, whatever the cost, no matter what its citizens thinks about it. And we are still a nation. You know, it's funny to me. I listen to people. They talk about, oh, we've got to save our democracy. Got to save our democracy. They don't ever talk about the fact that we're a constitutional republic. But even so, let's just, let's just assume that that's, that's true. Got to save our democracy from Trump. Meanwhile, meanwhile, they're okay with the idea of governors taking actions that are against the will of its citizens at some point. At some point, so we've got a lot of difficult things to 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 balance and navigate here. But people have had enough. The cost and the burden on the other side of this coin, which is the you know the same coin, different sides. We've got the health and well being that is critically important. But also, what's important is the economy, people's ability to live their lives, provide for their families, navigate through this difficult time with their business. And that's where we are here, stuck, stuck on that. And governors, in the case of Michigan, are taking some extreme actions, and there's consequences. There's consequences to play, uh, to pay for that. Oz is telling me it's time to take a timeout. Sorry if I'm stumbling a little bit today. Um, we're having trouble, having trouble with the connection and the feed. And I don't know what's uh, what's really happening here still. So. Got to take a time out. You are listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. I believe we have everything back technically. Uh, up and running here again i apologize that first segment literally i'm not even joking i'm gonna say five seconds before i started talking all the programs were crashing and saying no internet connection so it's hard to solve some of these problems on the fly so i appreciate your your patience with us um with us as we've navigated this i am so discombobulated i'm just look i'm just gonna get back here to my uh to some of the things i jotted down but but 
So we've got this, we've got this uh, crisis situation, right? And we've got people that are candidly, I think they've had enough of it. They've had enough of it. Michigan uh, protests now. The governor there taking some fear or some um, extreme actions because of her stay at home order. There were a lineup of cars that extended for miles outside of Lansing, which is the capital of Michigan. Uh, Michigan, I'm looking here, wjjnewsradio.radio.com. Furious crowd gathers at Michigan Capitol protest stay, stay home order. Says their large and raucous crowd showed up at Michigan's Capitol Wednesday for what organizer calling organizers are calling Operation Gridlock. People in their cars, on sidewalks, lawns, and on Capitol steps gathered to protest Governor Gretchen Whitmer's stay home, stay safe executive order. Organizers of the rally want some of the restrictions eased and the economy restarted. Look, this is what Trump. I, I know folks just hear the word Trump, the name Trump, and they have a visceral reaction to this. They, it's a knee-jerk reaction. They don't, uh, they can't come to grips with him. They're blinded by their rage. But I am telling you what he's doing, the pressure that he is uh, exerting upon reopening the economy. It's being misrepresented as though he's playing fast and loose with the health of Americans, that he's putting people at risk, that he's not uh, considering the life, uh, you know, people's lives. He actually is considering people's lives because this is a two-sided coin. I feel a little bit tired of saying that. It is a two-sided coin. And, you know, we know what happens. You don't even have to be an economic genius to know what happens when we have no economic activity, when we have no access, businesses have no access either to customers, little to no access to customers, and they have little to no access to, to capital to help them with this extreme, extreme situation they're facing. I mean, folks, this hits some industries incredibly hard, especially, I mean, it just, it's, all over the board again but for the most part people are hit relative i mean hard by this there's there's a few industries and businesses that are i don't want to say immune to this but because of the changes in things they are they're able to to survive this they're having more people uh, that are being pushed their direction because of the situations that they have I mentioned grocery stores as one example. People are buying more groceries for a couple of reasons. One is they're kind of panicked in some instance. Another is because they can't really go out to eat. Now, you can get carry out, but you've got to figure how many people have had their hours cut or their jobs are in jeopardy, so they don't want to necessarily pay to get carry out because that's a more expensive way to eat dinner and lunch and so forth so they're thinking about that 
But many industries, many businesses are feeling the brunt of this directly, and that affects that affects the ownership, the employees, the families of the employees, the children of the employees, and of the business owners. And this has a ripple ripple effect. And so I, I find myself wondering what would we be even – where would the economy be if we didn't have Trump, A, in the White House to begin with? I mean I think it's safe to say the economy wouldn't nearly uh, be as strong as it is now. So it had um, – it was starting from a much stronger position when it took this hit from coronavirus. But number two, number two, would we even be talking about reopening the economy? These are things I find myself wondering about. So I'm glad Trump is doing this. It's encouraging to hear people are saying, look, we're fine as they have in Michigan. We've, we're certainly interested in taking uh, – precautions to prevent the spread of this but we're not going to be completely shut down and not be able uh, to live our lives completely this is beginning to get out of control as they've extended their stay-at-home order through april 30th Um, and she added a few things which i want to read here before i take a break Large stores have to limit the number of people inside. Households are urged to limit the number of people running errands. And uh, traveling for vacation is prohibited. So you begin to put more and more restrictions on the people. And and Michigan is one of the states with uh, a high number, uh, in comparison to the other states, a high number of deaths and a high number of cases. But the people have said, look, we're not going to just sit here and let you do whatever you want. We're going to, in this case, protest. This is, by the way, what a protest looks like. I know some people have to have a uh, hear my dialogue on when a protest becomes a riot. Unfortunately, we didn't have any riots there. Not unfortunately, we didn't have any riots. It's unfortunate people have to be explained, have that explained to them. But anyway, so people are starting to get restless with this they're starting to want to find a way to get back to normal and instead of seeing that they're seeing in the case of michigan they're seeing more restrictions and more uh, more pressure put on the private sector and more restrictions put on their liberties and i've got to take a break you're listening here to the home of conservative not better talk i am your host todd huff back in just a minute Welcome back. My oh my, the joys of live <laughs> live broadcast. It has been an adjustment for me today. Again, if you didn't join us off the top, you will uh, not have known that we, uh, there was about a, gee, many, there was a 20-minute period where I had no idea if the show was uh, actually being broadcast because we had an internet outage. Literally, as I was opening up my mouth to talk on this program, I had programs crashing on the computer. I had the first segment I was, there were many pauses. I was like listening to an episode of 
Jim Rome, which I don't mind, by the way. Talk about he takes awkward pause to a whole new level, though. I will say that. So trying to navigate, figure out what is what is actually going on. Uh, so I apologize for that. Not as not a normal situation here with the program. But anyway, um, look, there's lots of stuff to, to talk about. But in, in I guess in summation of the first hour, we have we have a situation in this country where banks are now out of effectively out of the money from the payroll protection plan program. Hear me say that. I'm not talking about out of money in general. I'm talking about out of money uh, with this particular program. So businesses are not going to be able to get this. Businesses also are not able to function freely because of the current state that we find ourselves in in this nation. Depending upon where we are, uh, you'll find different degrees of Restrictions, But nonetheless, we have a situation where there's not an open, so to speak, economy at the moment. And all of us understand uh, that this, this is something that um, you know, may have to be done temporarily. The problem is we don't have a, a firmly established end point, sort of a, the goal line, so to speak, or the goal post. They keep moving. And part of that, I understand, is the nature of trying to figure this thing out. But part of that, you know, we got to figure out how to do this. And that's where I want to actually, again, I've, I've been pleased with what Trump's doing. That pressure has to be applied, not to be haphazard, not to put people at, uh, at, at risk here by being foolish and careless. Um, but we have to be able, there are incredible costs and consequences the longer this goes on economically too and again not to over overstate that we want to get this health uh, situation under control as well but people are beginning to push back in places like michigan in other states i saw dc i think i saw dc is has extended their lockdown and into was it may 15th another month i think i'd have to look but it was sometime in may it was either may 15th or may 30th but i think it was the 15th Anyway, so folks are – I've had enough here. Anyway, had a bit uh, – this is as long as I can go this segment. Got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. You know, I want to say this in in closing. We haven't talked about this yet, but I remember um, before all the technical glitches, this was one of the things I wanted to get to. And this was about Bernie. You know, Bernie is, of course, has endorsed Biden for president this week. But as I was thinking here, I, I realized I'm pretty sure at some point along the way, even though Bernie endorsed Biden, no matter how hard he tries, no matter how hard he tries not to do it, Bernie, excuse me, Biden is going to end up endorsing Bernie for president before the time this whole thing's said and done. That's the way, that's the way that this is going to end up. Biden's going to be up at the podium at some point. He's going to be down in his basement on his webcam or whatever he's doing, and he's going to have to make some comment. You know, this is how he, how he works. He's going to make some comment saying that he endorses 
Bernie for president in 2020. So, guys, we'll get things together here, technologically speaking, for hour number two. I appreciate your patience. Thank you so much for listening. SDG, see you in a few.